Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time once again for another edition of Know Your Enemy from Behind the Steel Curtain. My name is Michael Beck, uh, your deputy editor. Uh, joined as always by one Mr. Jeffrey Benedict. Jeffrey, how's your Christmas? It was great. I had a great Christmas. I'm doing good. Steelers won, so yeah, I'm happy. <laughs> I'm happy. Oh, our guest, uh, Gab Gowdy, super humongous mm-hmm. online presence, giant Cleveland Browns fan. Uh, super excited to have you on. I, I'm guessing probably the, the football side of it wasn't the, the best past weekend for you, but no, uh, how was your Christmas? it was Christmas? so bad. It was so bad. Uh, well, jumping right in, in our stuff here, uh, after losing a game like that to the Jets, what's kind of the vibe like amongst Cleveland Brown fans? Um, okay, first off, I want to say, am I surprised that it happened? Not at all. Why would I be surprised? Like, you could tell me anything that could happen to the Browns, I would say, you know what, probably, probably, probably that would happen. But – no, uh, the vibe, I don't know. We still have hope. I mean, like, it's been a really great season. Like, I can't complain at all in any way because two years ago, we didn't even win a game. So am I happy? Yes. Could I be happier? Also, yes. Yeah, no, I, I'm definitely feeling that as well, especially the Steeler fans after going through that, what, four-game, really tough four-and-a-half-game stretch, Jeffrey. What's the, what vibe are you kind of getting from this Steelers team that actually just finally won a game after a quarter and a half of good football? Is, is it is it Super Bowl or bust now, or is, are we still in the doom and gloom mode? I think we've pulled out of the doom and gloom mode. Um, I don't know if we're quite Super Bowl or bust is if being back again, but the, you know the, this team now has like you can look at them and say, okay, we can beat anybody. Like you you don't just put up twenty one points on the Colts and a half. Uh, that's not something they regularly let up, but we can also lose to anybody as we've shown the week before in Cincinnati. So we're we're that team, you know. If if they if they decide to play great, we we could we could challenge, we could push, make a push. Now, Gab, looking at this game coming up, Mason Rudolph is the starter of all people to start this game. It's Mason Rudolph. I, I know I saw Sir Yacht, another huge Browns fan, saying if anyone is going to take this season out, it's of probably course, him. Up yeah. being him. Is, is there any sort of worry that it's Mason Rudolph starting this game? I don't think there's any worry that it's Mason. I just think that there's just worry because we're the Browns. Yeah, no, I, I, I can I, I can feel that. But, yeah, no, there's obviously we'll get a little bit more into that Mason Rudolph, Miles Garrett stuff. Obviously, uh, the Browns and Steelers aren't talking about it, but that's going to be like yeah. an underlying tone throughout the week. But, Jeffrey, this game – does it matter for the Steelers? Like, win or lose, they're basically going to be the third seed. Does this game matter at all for you? No. And that's – I'm so happy about that. Uh, if you remember, I, I spelled out many times over the season my worst-case scenario was the Steelers going into Week 17 with that game really mattering and it mattering for the Browns, like for number one seed or something like that to get that by, and then, and then we have to face the Browns again. Like, I, I don't want – two meaningful games against the Browns in a row uh, simply because I don't think there's any scenario where both teams come out of those games remotely healthy. Yeah, no, obviously these AFC North uh, matchups are brutal games, no matter what, no matter what the lines are, any team could literally win any game, but now what's different, obviously Kevin Stefanski, Gab, head coach of the Browns now has really kind of righted the ship. What has he meant since he's uh, kind of taken the reins and has uh, led this uh, organization? Well, when they first hired him, there were a lot of people mad. 
which to not there's not any surprise there because each year there's a new guy, so we're always mad. But I think he's done a really great job. And until the last game, I would probably say that he was like in the talks for coach of the year. I think he beat himself that game for that. But if going from Freddie Kitchens to Kevin Stefanski, like that's completely different scheme, completely different offense, completely different tone, vibe, like everything about this team is a thousand percent better with him. Yeah. Now you mentioned that award uh, and Jeffrey, I, I think Mike Tomlin probably played himself out of that award too. Do you see a head coach of the year ending up in uh, the AFC North or is that kind of gone by after the last couple of games stretch for either team? Uh, yeah. I, I think that's gone. Yeah. Both teams. Yeah. That's just gone. Now, Jeffrey, Mason Rudolph starting this game with a pro- potentially a load of backups. Can you see any universe where he can be successful, or is this really just kind of throwing the the, the dog to the wolves? I think there. I think there are. Um, it's not a good chance. I was going to come on and say that it, it, my choice of whether the Steelers win or lose this game is going to heavily depend on who's active, uh, especially whether the Steelers rest David DeCastro. And with him not practicing, yeah, we're we're probably resting David DeCastro, and that means you've got a new center and you got a new guard, and we don't like we've got one quality backup left. So, so there there's going to be trouble there. Um, I'm kind of dialing back. I, I was starting to get excited in that you know Steelers are going to go in Week 17 and beat the Browns and knock them out of the playoffs. Like I was getting hyped for that. Like let's let's do this. Now I'm kind of backing off of that. I'm like, well, okay. You know what? Without, with, with half the offensive line out, that's not probably going to happen. Now, Gab, obviously you're known pretty well for especially trolling Steeler fans online and just really getting (laughs) under people's skin. I I saw your TikTok on uh, Juju dancing on logos and then uh, fumbling the ball. Uh, That that, that was actually quite funny. Uh, I, I will give you credit for that. If the Browns win this game and beat the Steelers handily, because they realistically they should, like I think that's kind of what most people are expecting. You can see the betting lines. Are you still going to really try to poke the that Steelers Twitter bear as, as much as you, as you normally do in a game like this? Um, I have like a little bit. I have like a little bit. I just want to say I don't do it to make people hate me, but just they just don't stop interacting with it. So why? Stop getting that interaction. <laughs> but I probably will a little bit. But I mean, I mean, it's Mason Rudolph. Come on. <laughs> what can I say that much about him? I did see a couple memes, though. I didn't post them. I don't know if you guys have saw that video of, like, the guy with the twisted tea can. Oh, yeah. Yes. I saw yeah. a couple memes with that. That was pretty good. That was pretty funny. But that was, that was like, the extent of it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's only going to pick up the closer we get to Sunday. Um Gab, right back to you. Obviously, the Browns this morning, there was a lot of panic that th- this COVID situation yeah. could start tumbling considerably. And, and I was a little worried about it. I think Steeler fans are just sick of it. Uh, both sides. I, I, obviously, everyone, really. But uh, now that it seems like it's kind of under control, especially the receiving core, that should basically all be activated tomorrow, I believe. Yeah. What does that mean, getting all those guys back? I feel a little less anxiety. And I'm sure everybody else feels a little bit better. Um, clearly, our offense suffered without them. And we couldn't even run the ball because that was pathetic. But, <laughs> like, what it means, I guess I'll just be happier and less anxiety. But yeah. as a Browns fan, that never goes away. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, especially well since the revamp of '99. I do have a few friends that are uh, Browns fans up here, and I, I, I do tend to feel bad for them. There, there's just that that certain thing. It, it just oh, you're like a cuddly little brother. You just almost feel bad for him, but you still want to beat him up. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, I lived in Pittsburgh for three years, so. There you go. Yeah. Now, <laughs> Jeffrey, with those receivers coming back, uh, obviously Jarvis Landry, he, he's been a thorn in the Steelers' side multiple times. Uh, what are they going to have to do to, to stop this guy, especially if you don't have Joe Hayden in the game? I think uh, even more importantly than Joe Hayden is the inside linebackers. Uh, you have to have inside help against Landry. It's similar to how teams defend Deontay Johnson. You can't just put a cornerback on him and expect that guy to follow him outside and inside. You have to have inside help. Uh, for for Landry, that means the inside linebackers, and we are not in the best place with our lines inside linebackers. So he is he's he's the one that worries me more than anyone else. But that's always that's always he's he's the one that beats us. He's the one that kills us. Um, yeah, he's the he's the big one. But if, if, when they were out, I mean, if we could if we could take them out and just be like, you don't have receivers, and we can do exactly what the Jets did, which was just absolutely disrespect your pass game and just put everyone in the box and be like, we don't have to cover anybody. You know, you don't have anyone for us to cover. Uh, that would be a totally different, that'd be a totally different thing. Uh, if the Browns, if the Browns can get the ball going on the ground, they they can beat anyone in the NFL. Uh, with, since Nick Chubb has come back, they've shown that they, they can beat anybody. They can just dominate time of possession. They can dominate the ball. So the receivers are a big deal. Uh, because if we have to gang up on the run, they're, they're the ones that beat you. But that's, that's when Baker Mayfield gets really dangerous is when Nick Chubb is just taking over the game. Now, specifically, I want to mention this guy like uh, Ezra Nehemiah does in the, in the live chat. Nick Chubb is the real problem. Yeah. Now, Gab, what does he mean when he's on and going? This offense looks like a different animal. What does it, what does it mean having him on the field? It means touchdowns. Having him on the field, literally, like he was the only one that scored touchdowns for like four weeks. We didn't, we didn't even have a passing touchdown for almost a month. We had one. When he's on the field, we are a better team. Kareem also on the field, good team. And he was out for all those games, and he's still in like the top what, like eight for rushing yards. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Jeffrey. This game as well, we're talking about Nick Chubb, but potential that both Stefan Tuitt, Cam Hayward, they could both be out resting. Is there any way they can stop that guy if those two behemoths in the middle aren't playing? Probably not. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's just, he, he is, he is ridiculous. He, I'm a huge, huge Nick Chubb fan. He's just incredible. Uh, it stinks that he's in Cleveland because I can't root for him ever. Uh, but no, he's he's fantastic. He he is the majority of their offense, and they've gotten a great thing going. When Nick Chubb gets going, Kareem Hunt gets going. It's just they're such a great one-two punch, uh, and Stefanski is using them so well with the, and how they use play action. They're just they're just that deadly of a team. Now, Gab, if if you had to rank Nick Chubb in the hierarchy of NFL running backs. Uh, it's really tough. Like, there's yeah. an argument he could be one, but I, I'm curious what uh, where would you rank him in that kind of that hierarchy? I'm not going to put him one because he missed some games, and there's some people that are doing better than him. Maybe like three. Yeah, no, I can, I can definitely see. I it's kind of hard to touch uh, what uh, Derrick Henry uh, and Dalvin Cook is. He's kind of taking Kamara. a step back, but Alvin Kamara has, has picked yeah. it up in the later half of the season. So yeah, that's 
absolutely fair. But coming right back to you, Baker Mayfield. Obviously, that's that's kind of the that that piece that's you know it's kind of hard to explain. Is he the guy? Is he not the guy? Is there any part of you throughout this year that is kind of like, ah, can we get Case Keenum potentially in here for a snap or two? Or what are you I feeling on that? I said first. I said the pick six, Minko pick six. I said it. Put Case in. I said that. Now, however, during those times, he was very bad. I'm not going to lie. It was terrible to watch. It was bad. Has he gotten better throughout the season? Yes. And I think it goes with settling in the offense. Again, new coach, new whatever, whatever, whatever. Getting used to it. And I think we finally found a little bit of a rhythm, and it looks way better than before. So Now, Jeffrey, with I know we talked about it before, that we were like, oh, man, this Browns team, could like they could – be really good obviously 10 wins that's the most they've had uh since 2007 um do you think there'd be a difference uh, if uh the Steelers were preparing for a Baker Mayfield or a Case Keenum uh there's a little bit there's a little bit of difference but mostly mostly it's the scheme you you've got to prepare for the scheme you've got to prepare for his wide receivers uh and and the run game that's what you, you've got to be ready to deal with that and the play action I don't think to me Baker Mayfield is a good not great quarterback. He hasn't he hasn't proven that step. Uh and and really if you look at the games Nick Chubb was out and you look at how like the games where Baker Mayfield was bad, they they kind of line up. Like he had that fantastic game against Cincinnati, other than that all of his bad games were when Nick Chubb was out. Yeah, and obviously those two pretty pretty uh, pretty well weigh heavily on one another. If if Nick Chubb's on, it, it just makes the play action that much easier. But Gab, when you look at the Browns offense, if you had to pinpoint one player and say, that's the most underrated player in this offense, they need a little bit more hype. If you could point to one person anywhere, even a backup, is there one person uh, that sticks out to you? Uh, Wyatt Teller. Yeah. I mean, he gets a lot of credit. He does. But you saw what happened. He was out, lost to the Jets. And that's that was a big part of it. Now, looking at that injury report from the Browns, I, I know I think I saw uh, Jedrick Wills. Uh, yeah. Probably said that wrong. I think he practiced fully today. Yeah. The, the rest, a lot of that offensive line is limited. Have you seen any reports that could suggest that uh, we could still be missing those guys come Sunday, or what's? I don't think we're going to be. I I hope not. Oh my god, I hope not. I don't think we're going to be. So let's just hope that they're all going to be out there. So with that in mind, then, if if you're missing Wyatt Teller again, is that a, a significant loss for that uh, offense? Oh, yeah, definitely. That's a significant loss. And then the guy that replaced him, ACL, MCL something, he tore his knee. Now we have a rookie in. The first game, he did he did really well. The last game, uh, not so much. So yeah. Now, Jeffrey, when we look at the, the Steelers' defensive side – it's certainly possible they rest both corners. It's possible Steven Nelson gets a day off. I know he's a little bit on the younger side, but still it's, it's definitely likely, especially with the guys behind them. Cameron Sutton, Justin Lane. Those would be the guys that would get the start uh, opposite one another. Can they replace anything that those two guys above them can do? Or And do you have any faith as them as a starting duo? I have no faith in them as a starting duo, no. <laughs> Cameron Sutton is a great depth piece. The minute he starts playing, you know, like close to 100% of snaps when he's playing most of the game, you you can get to him. Uh, he, he's not that kind of corner. And Justin Lane, Justin Lane has his moments. Uh, but when you get him out there against a receiver and let a, a good receiver 
get constant snaps at him. They they start getting in his head. They mess with him. They they're gonna beat him. They're gonna figure him out pretty quickly. They're gonna beat him. Last time those two played, are we couldn't stop anything. Like it's just not, it's not in the cards. You can't do that. Uh, so if they rest both of the cornerbacks, I mean Baker Mayfield's gonna look really good. Yeah, and obviously that's gonna be a situation in basically any game if uh, top two corners are out. But um, looking at this Browns receiving core, Gab obviously uh, Odell Beckham. Uh, blew out his ACL out for the year. Uh, outside of uh, uh, Jarvis Landry, who's really kind of picking up that slack in the passing game? Who's the who are the other receivers that we should be uh, watching out for? Rashard Higgins, definitely Rashard Higgins. Boom Baker, they've had chemistry since his first time out there. I mean, he they always talk about it all the time, and you can see. I I don't know. I just saw it. It was like on Twitter or something. He's like ninth in the league for. Any like passing, not passing yards, but like attempt, like how I don't know, I don't know how I'm trying to say it. Like every time he gets the ball, it's far down the field. Yards per target. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he is. He's. Yeah. yeah. He's a big guy. Yeah, like uh, the the Browns chase Claypool. I I suppose uh, could be a way yeah. to throw that yeah. out there, but uh jeffrey when when you when i specifically look at this matchup i'm assuming alejandro villanueva probably rests but even if he does play he's been struggling in recent weeks miles garrett has been a problem for alejandro villanueva even when he's playing well Uh, is does that matchup scare the living hell out of you right now or what's what's the vibe there it would if it was ben roethlisberger uh but this game doesn't matter so (laughs) it makes playing quarterback so yeah, does Miles Garrett is Miles Garrett gonna be a be a real problem for the Steelers? Yeah, yeah, but it's it's not a real problem for the Steelers because if the Browns if slash win the Browns win this game, it doesn't affect us. It's not gonna be you know Ben Roethlisberger he's back there hitting, and and that's that's what Mason's here to do. Mason's here to take those shots. <laughs> Now, Gab, now we're sitting in this Steelers live chat. We can uh, – I don't want to throw you under the bus in front of all these people, but I, I, want, I want you to give me your honest opinion. TJ Watt or Miles Garrett, who would you rather have? I'm taking Miles Garrett. And why? Um, great guy, good at football, <laughs> likes dinosaurs, good at football. <laughs> yeah, I, I can I can see that for sure. But Jeffrey, the other guy in that equation, TJ Watt, obviously uh, he's up for probably probably who knows with Defensive Player of the Year award, it, whatever. But one thing he is he could he could potentially pick up this week when it comes to kind of accolades is if he does play and picks up one more sack, he's tying James Harrison for the sacks in a season record. Do you think TJ Watt plays at all, especially with the injuries to the outside linebackers? And if he does, do you think that record means something to Tomlin? Because in years past, we've seen the Steelers play all three or make sure all the Edmonds brothers are on the field at the same time and dress five running backs, which is a little inexplicable in a game when they're playing Buffalo and they had four defensive linemen. So is that? do you think the Steelers might still try to potentially work that in, maybe give them a quarter? Or what are you thinking in that uh, situation, Jeffrey? It's possible. If he's going to play, he's going to play. Like, it, like really, uh, I could see the situation where he plays until the game gets out of hand. Either the Steelers are up or the Browns are, are stomping us and then is out. Uh, I could see him not playing at all. I, I, don't, I don't know how much that registers with Tomlin or not. Sometimes it seems like he does play guys for those 
for those numbers. Uh, like we all saw the end of Heinz Ward's career where they were just forcing him the ball to get him, you know, <laughs> get in those thousand receptions. Uh, but at the same time, other times he's, he's sat guys when they had chances to, to, you know, make a mark, uh, single game stats, some of them, but, uh, I, I, I don't know if he plays or not. I really like, he, he really hasn't been banged up. Uh, I, and then we had that weird tweet from Ola Denny. Yeah. Today it was like it's it's still a business, and I'm like, like, are, are, is something going down there? Like, I I don't know. I have no clue what's going on there. Uh, if TJ Watt plays, he has a really great chance of breaking that record. He has had fantastic games against Cleveland his entire career, so he's got that shot. Yeah, and it's funny you mentioned that. I think Deontay Johnson also had a fairly cryptic tweet just before we went live, something along the same line. So uh, who really knows what's going on there? I think they might just be messing with us, but I guess we'll kind of see as the week goes on. But sorry, I wonder is if it's COVID related or because we, we know the tests are going on. It could be like, oh, you know, it's a business. We're playing this game when they want us to play this game because it's of money. There, there's all kinds of ways that could go. So I, yeah. I don't know. That's yeah, I'm weird. not going to look into it too much. But one other guy really quickly that is potentially close to a, a, a personal best or a personal achievement, I guess, Tyson Aloualu, nose tackle. Could be his last ever regular season game, four tackles away from 400 in his career. I mean, you kind of hope for a guy to get that. It, retiring at 399 would be sad, honestly. I, and I don't know. Would you want to come back for one tackle uh, and probably minimal money? Probably, probably not. I uh, see Gab shaking her head. But coming straight back down to you, if TJ Watt does play in this game, obviously Jeffrey said TJ's had some outstanding games against the Browns. I think he's had two, three sack games over, over the course of his stretch. How do the Browns stop a, a guy like that? You don't, probably. <laughs> probably don't. To be honest, he'll have some good plays. And he'll have some good ones that aren't as good as the sack. And that's probably what will happen. And I'll probably be upset. <laughs> and that, that's understandable. Now, Gab, coming straight back to you, I think this is the most important question that people have really been waiting for. Do you, do you foresee anyone's helmet getting forcibly ripped no. off their head? No, and no, then... no, 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 no. <laughs> no, I hope not. Yeah, that, that really did leave a stain, I would say, in, on all of last season for either team. That was just kind of uh, an interesting situation, to say the very least. Yeah, I was at that game. Oh, really? What, what was it like there in, in the in the crowd when that happened? Yeah, I, I you, went, like, you, you were just so excited because like you stacked Mason, you stacked him again, he's on the ground, and then all of a sudden you don't know what's going on, and you're like, oh, we're winning. This is so cool. Like, we don't ever do this. This is so sick. And then you're like, wait, why is everybody on the field, like, running around at each other and, like, screaming at each other? And then you're like, oh, he just hit him in the head. Oh. And then everybody – there was, like, way more fights on the field that they didn't show because mm. that's, like, the focal point. But it was nuts. It was crazy. Oh, yeah. It was not good. Now I'm curious. Did, did they replay that on the Jumbotron so no, people no, no. saw exactly what happened? Oh, did you have to see it on, like, Twitter or whatever? Oh, no, Wow, that's really they interesting. Did not actually. That. Wow. Well, I'm not surprised though. I'm sure they probably caught it and they're like, eh, maybe we'll uh, keep that one off. But uh, that's really interesting. Now, Jeffrey, in the same vein, Mason Rudolph, obviously playing in this game, do you think he has any extra motivation that's added on because of what's happened in the past? I can't imagine. This is again one of my stances. If If that motivates you more than you already are, then you've got problems. Like if Mason Rudolph, this is his chance to start. I'm I'm sure a big part of his motivation is going to be trying to get a win. 
uh, because he was awful in that game. That that like really the storyline of that game changed from you know Mason Rudolph was absolutely terrible to look at this terrible thing that happened. Like that moment shifted that focus away from just how bad Mason Rudolph was, especially as that game was going on, Cleveland's getting pressure on him and he's absolutely falling apart as a quarterback. And then he gets hit in the head. Uh, it, 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 it kind of saved him from that. So his motivation really should be, he played awful against the Browns and, and he has a chance here to get a little redemption, to go back out and, and, do something positive. Yeah, I think that he wants some redemption too because the only two things you remember of him are two helmet situations. One where they cut the face mask off, one he gets in the head. Maybe yeah. win maybe yeah, win a game. I, I will say Mason Rudolph got trashed a lot this offseason and during the season, even though he hasn't played a whole lot other than a couple snaps in Dallas when Ben was getting his knees checked out before halftime. But his last game he played against the Jets, he played the best game of his career before he broke his collarbone. So if he could play that that level of efficiency, he was completing 70% of his passes in that game, maybe we'll see something. But I, my expectations are still low with, with who is actually going to be uh, in this game. Now, Gab, as a Browns fan, obviously you've – watch this team for a long time. I have an article coming out tomorrow on, on behind the steel curtain kind of about don't discredit the Browns ability to Browns this game. Does that ring true to you? Is that like an honest assessment? Yeah. Look at last week. Terrible. <laughs> like, like, I'm like, I'm not kidding. You could tell me anything and I'd say, yeah, that, that probably happened. Like that'll happen. Like anything at all to this team. And I would say like, th would that be surprising? No, not at all. Yeah, no, and the unfortunate thing is for, well, the Browns, I mean, I'm sure Steelers fans would probably like it, but the way it's shaping up, it's basically coming to down to the Browns winning this game. If they lose, I know they're still statistically more likely to make the playoffs, but the teams that have to win are playing against teams that really don't have to dress players. It's really going to be one of those situations where it's like winning you're in. That's that's the only real way to make it, but... If the the Browns and Steelers still, for whatever, it doesn't, like, if they win, if they lose, there's still a chance they could be playing one another. That's the most likely yeah. situation for the wild card. Yeah. If they play each other back-to-back -back weeks, does that concern wild. you about the uh, about the second game, that the that it might mean something different? Like, it, it's kind of hard to explain, but back-to-back, -back, it's, it's harder to win two in a row. Yeah, well, both are concerning. First one being more. Because, like, if we make the playoffs, I'm going to lose it. Like, of course. Like, like, if we make the playoffs, that could be it. I don't care what else happens. I do. I do care what else happens. But, like, still, I'm like, you can't say anything for a while because we made it. So, <laughs> not no, totally fair. Now, Jeffrey, it's one of the things we talked about earlier, like, the last four weeks, really. There's a, oh, actually, probably before that, probably around the start no, of that. Yeah. Like, we were talking, like, there's a chance they play the Browns, the first, like, back to back. Je Jeffrey, what are you feeling about that right now? I feel a lot better about that than if we were playing Ben Roethlisberger, if we were playing Marquise, if we were playing our, our top guys. Uh, I think it carries a lot less weight the second game with those guys not playing. If it's, if it's you know, Baker Mayfield, Ben Roethlisberger, and then you turn around a week later and it's, it's Baker Mayfield, Ben Roethlisberger, I, I don't want to see that. Just because we've, we've seen how many times uh, Cleveland and Pittsburgh, we just beat the snot out of each other, even when the game doesn't matter. Yeah. So when it does matter, 
when the Browns are playing for their playoff lives, you know, they're fighting out. This is going to be, I don't want to use the word fighting. They're going to be out there playing their hardest. They're going to be hitting people. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be a rough game. Just like if it was the Ravens, just like if it was the Bengals uh, and that second game, if it's a Brown Steelers playoff game, uh, that game is going to be like next level. That is just the city of Cleveland is going to be feeding so much energy into that team, just like the city of Pittsburgh. They're going to be hearing it all week, everywhere they go. Anytime like you turn on a computer, you turn on the television, there's going to be nothing but Cleveland Pittsburgh in the playoffs. That's going to, that's, it's going to set the world on fire. Uh, and those two teams, it's going to be an absolutely crazy game. Yeah. If the, if they would play each other and the Browns would happen to win, I don't like, I think the city would burn and there'd be more people than they were here for the Cavs parade. Oh goodness. Yeah. That, uh, I, I can definitely see that now. Yeah. We're getting to the 30 minute mark. I, I know we, we talked about doing just a quick uh, 30 minutes with you. Uh, I'm going to rattle out three quick questions for you and then uh, we'll let you get on with your day. Um, the first one is a question we always ask all of our guests. If you could take one player off the Steelers, drop them onto the Browns, who would it be? Except there's one caveat because everyone said TJ Watt for about 10 weeks. Exactly. So that's the thing. You, you can't take TJ Watt, but you can pick one other player to slap on the Browns. Um, I'll pick Chase Claypool because I think he's funny and cool. Yeah. Oddly enough, Chase Claypool and I almost went to the same school. Uh, obviously, uh, I'm a lot worse than football and he is because I'm talking here and he's pre- preparing for a game. Didn't end up happening, but oh well. Um, X factor for the game. Who's the one player that you're like, that, that person could completely sway this game? Mm. Mm, Baker Mayfield. Yeah. yeah. He could either fumble three times or throw a million touchdowns. I don't know which one it's going to be. That's probably what this game comes down to as well. I mean, it's probably more likely he's throwing the touchdowns considering who he's probably going to be facing. But to top it off, our last question always, uh, the score prediction for the game. Who do you got winning? What's the final score? I hate this. <laughs> It makes me feel so sick when I have to say this. Um, I'm going to say 34 to 13 Browns. You know what? That's not unreasonable. I, I, like It's a 10.5-point game right now uh, to most sports books, so that's that's totally fair. Now, as, uh, as we let you go, is there anything you want to plug before uh, we say goodbye? Yeah. Can I actually plug something? I'm doing a giveaway. Well, of it's course. kind of like a charity. At the same go time. for it. So I have an extra ticket for the Brown Steelers game this Sunday. And on Twitter, I am raffling it off. And it's like $1 equals one entry. And all the money raised is going to the Cleveland Food Bank. So if anybody wants a chance to win a ticket to the game, to hang out with me, my friends, go to it. So far, there's almost $1,500 raised for the Cleveland Food Bank. Yeah, that's outstanding. And this time of the year, especially with the year we're going through, I think uh, Steelers fan, Brown fan, Raven fan, who cares? It, it's an important uh, thing to do. So, Gab, thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate uh, your time today. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. All right, we'll talk soon. See ya. See ya. All right, Jeffrey, um, I, I guess that will do it for part one. So I'll, I'll get into questions with you on the on the other side here uh if you're listening on the podcast side just make sure to flip over to part two now <laughs>